All praises to the Most High and the Most High only. I'm your host, Brownson Arabiji. I'm bringing to you another episode of The Narrow Path of the Righteous. The Most High put it on my spirit to speak on the poor and the destitute. As America faces the righteous judgments of the Most High, it is even more important for the saints of the Most High to aid care and protect the poor and the destitute we live in a world where the poor and the destitute are an afterthought It is quite common for the masses to have preconceived notions towards those in less than fortunate situations. Especially here in the United Snakes of America with three Ks. A nation where anyone who is living in any type of less than fortunate situation is almost instantly deemed lazy, unskilled, or is viewed as an alcoholic, a deadbeat, a drug addict, or a loser. Someone who has quote unquote failed at life. These are the common preconceived notions and feelings. Today, it is quite common for people to openly look down at those in less than fortunate situations. Rather, then put themselves in the shoes of that person or the real issues at hand. See, brothers and sisters, we are living through a very wicked time in history. A time where living righteously is deemed as boring.
is looked down upon is the popular or rather the unpopular way to live we live in a society in a world where we compete with each other so much that we actually find satisfaction out of watching someone suffer out of watching someone's life become destroyed watching someone's life crumbling before your eyes and we go as far as to mocking that person or letting them know that you you yourself had a a hand to do in their demise especially in the corporate sector why do you think they have terms called it's a dog eat dog world or only the strong survive or you gotta have thick skin There's so many terms for condoning wickedness, for turning a blind eye to those who are suffering and in need. See, we've become so arrogant as people that we worship ourselves. Oftentimes calling ourselves gods. In which we become so narcissistic. And self-serving. That we have lost total sight of empathy. That we've lost total sight of our moral compass in Babylon fame money power and respect are the tools people use to weigh another person's value. Nowadays, people will literally decide on how much respect they'll give to you based upon your career. Based upon your finances. based upon your job based upon your popularity or based upon your power how much leverage do you have other over other people you'll see it in people's eyes 
you'll see it in everyday just meeting people, whether it's the opposite sex. Oh, so what do you do for a living? Then you go da 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 da. And then you can see the person's mind churning. If you've disappointed them, the energy instantly is lost. Or if you've impressed them, the energy builds and the excitement grows from their end. Even when you do it to the same sex, to, to the same gender, a man could be meeting another guy and they could be in a situation where they could become friends or show respect. And rather than show respect for your next human being, the next person is going to put you down for not being where they are or for working a quote-unquote blue-collar job or they'll even mock you and ask you why do you still do that? Or they'll immediately stop engaging with you. This is what people do. They literally will decide in a split instance whether they will respect you based upon your perceived value. So imagine how people view the poor and the destitute. The ones that are suffering. The ones that do not have a home or any way, anywhere to lay at night. The ones that do not know when their next meal is going to come or how. Or when their next shower will be. Or when they'll ever see their family ever again. These are people's realities. And it's seemingly ignored by the masses. The level of idolatry in this world is sickening. And it has allowed humanity to lose its morals and righteous compass. Plain and simple. It is rare to find a true, genuine, righteous man. Or a true, genuine, virtuous woman. In Babylon. And within today's world societies. The overall arrogance. Gluttony. Greed. Narcissism. And self-worship. Has created a society full of wicked men. And wicked women. Who could care less to help those who are in less than fortunate situations. We've stooped so low as a society 
that we label the homeless with derogatory terms, such as bums, or losers, or failures. And we are quick to view them as less than us, beneath us. It's evident when you're in the corporate world or any sector for that matter. How the things, how things work, how people are treated. It's on full display when you try to advance your career or you try to move on. It's on full display of how you are viewed. How much money you make equals how much respect you get. At 31 years old, I've been in the corporate sector for just about a decade, going on a decade. Most High has always blessed me to have a job since the age of 15 to always be working face to face with people and I've seen it I've been in the meetings where people purposely didn't even look at you didn't once make eye contact with you would go out of their way to interrupt you ignore you or try to make light of you in front of other people to get a a rise or to get a reaction out of them or approval. It happens quite often to both men and women of all ages, all races. Say the vast majority of us experience it unless we are on the other end of being wicked and doing that to other people. When you live in a society full of wicked leaders who rob, steal, and kill the poor and the destitute, you then will have wicked followers of these leaders. I mean, look around at people going at each other's throats over a fake election over two wicked groups created by the elites to divide us that you essentially get all of the abominations wrapped up into one between both political parties it's all one giant system but what i mean by that is both sides bring a level of wickedness that is seemingly ignored and people take up after that people mimic that wickedness people overlook that wickedness people ignore that wickedness There's no righteous judgments. There's no defending of the poor and the destitute. 
There's no defending of those who cannot defend themselves. I mean, look at how we treat our elderly. How many nations do you know out, of, out here in the world? Not saying that there aren't many westernized nations such as the United Snakes of America. But how many nations out here have parents? And once you're old enough and you make enough money, you ship them off to nursing homes. Only to see them, what, maybe a couple times a week, if that? A couple times a month, maybe a couple times a year? And then give them a call and rush them off the phone? People that raised you, that gave birth to you, that fed you, that clothed you, that taught you how to be a man or a woman. That wiped the snot out of your nose. That consoled you when you were sick. When you were down, when you were depressed. That gave you advice, that gave you life advice, that shared wisdom with you. People that you share the same blood with, the same similar genes with. Look how we treat our own family. And then we want to go around and boast and call ourselves good people. You know how often I hear people say I'm a good person, but there's no light in them. There's no following the law, statutes, or commandments. There's no hearkening to the Torah. There's no honoring the Sabbaths. Yet they're a good person. There's no fear of the Most High. Therefore, there's no wisdom in them. You see how arrogant and vile we are? If we truly were living in a righteous world, in the creation of the Most High, then we wouldn't allow for homelessness, poverty, or any less than livable scenario for anyone. We'd be outraged as a whole. The masses would fight back on behalf of the poor and the destitute. The masses wouldn't allow their wicked leaders to rob. To steal. And to kill the poor and the destitute. We are so spineless. We are so cowardly that we hide behind the guise of quote-unquote capitalism, quote-unquote socialism, and many other made-up ideologies when in fact everyone is a slave. Where people will always give the same excuse. Well, you know, it's a capitalistic society. Those people just got to work harder. They can catch up. It's America. Land of the free, home of the brave. And then ignore any socioeconomical advantages that they may have. Or any times that they stab somebody in the back 
and stepped over that person to get to where they were. See, you may be able to trick man and woman, but you cannot trick the most high. And that's why I love fear, respect, honor, and exalt the most high because there's nothing you can get past him or his creation. And there always will be judgment for whatever you do. Where people are so brainwashed that they honestly view themselves as free and not trapped in a system, in a net. The vast majority are 100% Wade slaves. And those who worship the dollar have no peace from the Most High. The currency, dollar, and Fayette system is collapsing from the bottom up and from the top down. Yet people still worship it like it is their salvation. And will save them from the righteous judgments of the Most High. Look around. It's obvious to see the conditions worsening in Babylon and around the world. I've been saying this for years to people, even out of college, when I was 22 years old, right around 22, 23 is when the Most High started showing me signs that this world wasn't what I thought it was, where things really didn't add up, where you get that inkling feeling in your stomach is that, is this really what life is? To accumulate all this debt? To get a low paying job out of college? And then fight the next person to try to get the next opportunity to climb the corporate ladder, to pay off that debt, to keep up with the Joneses your whole entire life, to fake that you're happy, to take what 15 days of PTO off in a whole 365 day calendar year, or even less than that in a lot of people's situations. That's life. That's the creation of the Most High, huh? It's become so obvious to those with eyes to see with, ears to hear with, and minds to think with, to see our society crumbling all around us. It's been like this for many of us for years. It's been like this for many of us a decade or even more. Where it's really put you onto the narrow path of righteous. Whether you want to admit it or not. You know deep down that you, you don't see eye to eye with people. It's not even about seeing eye to eye with people. It's about preserving your energy, brothers and sisters. I mean, there's only so much 
you can do around somebody who doesn't have light in them, who doesn't seek the most high? What do you have in common with that person? What do you honestly have in common? Because once you come into the truth, and I'm talking about the truth of the most high as the only God, as the only salvation, to understand that this world is ending, to understand that the prophecies are coming true, you don't look at anything else the same ever again. When you follow the law, statutes, and commandments of the Most High and you hearken to the Torah, when you make his Sabbath holy, the Most High literally molds you like clay into a new man or a woman. Your thoughts change. Your mindset, your spirit, your heart, your goals, your intuition, your foresight, your discernment. You don't partake in the things that you used to do because they don't give you, they don't, they make you feel empty. And therefore your empathy towards the poor and the destitute aches at your soul. Whether you are in a financial position to give back or you're not, it still eats away at your soul. Because there's too many. You could honestly go to the bank, deposit a couple 100 or a couple thousand, and, and to really help people, that would be gone within a couple hours, max. Just walk down your, your neighborhood side, side streets or sidewalk, especially in the cities. That would be gone, and that would only hold over those people for what, a day or so, a couple days? If the Most High blessed you with wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, then you are very sensitive to the wickedness around you. And you do your absolute best to preserve your energy and your temple. Go read Psalms chapter 1, verse 1 through 6, and that will explain exactly what the Most High wants from you how you should be living your life and maneuvering. The society doesn't sit right with you and you have a tough time. I'm saying a tough time congregating with large groups of people. You feel empty in a room full of people. You feel alone in a room full of people. feel like an outsider like you you can't connect to anyone especially considering the vast majority of people are living a wicked life in the eyes of the most high no one cares to speak up until it affects them personally and then they automatically become a victim and a cape crusader Trust that the Most High is watching all of our actions, both the righteous and the wicked. The Most High knows all of our thoughts. The Most High knows your heart and your true intentions. You can't fake anything or get anything past the Most High. 
it's so vital to read the book, to read the scripture, to read the word, to find scripture and verses that uplift you, that you can connect with, that you can relate to. There's never any time in a man or woman's life that they should stop growing and learning and studying, especially the Torah, Tanakh. This is lifelong studying, a lifelong journey. The more the Most High molds you like clay and turns you into a righteous man or a virtuous woman, somebody who wants to walk on that narrow path of the righteous, the more you begin to see things differently and you begin to easily let go of your old ways. And you are so quick to change when you know you've messed up. And you rarely find fault in others anymore. You know that the Most High chastises you for your actions, for putting yourself into a situation. The Most High is not going to just harm you or discipline you just because he feels like it. There's always a reason why it's happening and you're always tied to it. So then you begin to have empathy for others because you read the word and you understand that the Most High chooses the rich and the poor. And there's ultimately an end goal, a lesson from each parties, and he's watching everyone involved. destitute have historically been a guinea pig for the wicked elites and are used solely as pawns in the bigger scheme of things. See, all the elites really have to do is create a system that's divisive. A system of idolatry, of worshiping materialism and money and status and power, and then creating a divide so that you hate your next door neighbor or your brother or sister or a stranger based upon subconscious and conscious preconceived notions. The wicked elites have successfully fooled the majority of the masses into believing that they're successful or they're safe 
living as slaves in Babylon and in this wicked world system. When you look around, you really can't tell if people are so disconnected from reality that they're using their hope as a coping mechanism or whether their cognitive dissonance is that strong. It's clearly a combination of both for some people and can be stronger for one than the other. Some people are so deep-rooted into idolatry that there's no change in them. You gotta understand that the Most High is the one who can wake you up. There's no, there's no one or anything other than the mercy of the Most High and the grace of the Most High to wake an individual up out of their stupor, out of their coma. You could give them all the scripture in the world, all of the articles and cited sources, all of the examples. Something could even happen to them where they see what's going on. But they are holding on to their coping mechanism so tight because reality is is terrorizing for them or their cognitive dissonance is so deep rooted and so embedded into their psyche that there's no changing them We are at a time where the righteous are almost dumbfounded at the information that you could share with someone, with a loved one, with a friend, with a colleague, with an acquaintance. And to see that information go in one ear and out the other or you're ignored or you're mocked or they get upset with you and defensive and tell you to stop they call you conspiracy theorist all of these things or worse they question god without even reading or picking up the book why would why would god do that why why would he be destroying america why would he be destroying the world why would he be judging it god loves america Oh, really? That's what we're facing, brothers and sisters. That's the level of idolatry that we're facing. The wicked elites have created a fake illusion of the quote-unquote American dream. Where it's sociably acceptable even praised to hoard everything to yourself 
and to not care about your neighbor or fellow man or woman. This was quite evident back in the spring when they first gave you your first bite and first helping of this fake virus, of this pandemic. And your oppressors mocked you so much and so confidently that they had you all running with your heads chopped off, running to go get toilet tissue, hand sanitizer. People were buying thousands of dollars of hand sanitizer to resell them. People were fighting each other over toilet tissue in grocery stores. People were hurting each other. They were breaking into each other's homes. Lack of care and empathy towards our fellow brother and sister is appalling. It's sickening. A world where you can live in a luxury apartment, a townhouse, a large house, a small house, or even a mansion, and have homeless people right outside your door in your neighborhood. A world where you can open your garage and drive past people who are helpless. People literally sleeping on the concrete slabs on the side of the road, in tents. You're lucky to have a tent. Most people you see here in the cities, in Minnesota, in this cold weather, are sleeping just on the concrete. They might be lucky to have a jacket or sweatshirt. Or gloves or a hat. A world where you can walk your dog or go on a walk and pretend to not see someone who's begging and in need for assistance or help. You know, the good old pull out your phone trick. Pretend like you're busy. Look away. Look down. Check your watch. Look in your purse. Fumble around for something that you're not looking for. I've witnessed firsthand my own family openly talk down on the poor and destitute and be quick to judge them and their life situation without having any type of compassion or empathy. It sickens me to the core because my own family is displaying traits of arrogance Gluttony. Greed. Narcissism. And self-worship. All while thinking that they're better than someone else that they don't personally know. We all got family members like this, brothers and sisters. We all were even in these shoes before, before we came into the truth.
nor do our family members know the, the true situations that occurred to that person who is homeless, who's impoverished, who's destitute. Yet they got a million opinions on them. I've had conversations with family members who proudly exclaim that in their field of healthcare, they quote unquote know that the majority of homeless people are drug addicts. That person couldn't recite facts, no articles, nothing, just from their point of view. As if they've met every single homeless person and even took the time to have a conversation with them. Took the time to look them in the eyes and look at the windows to their soul and treat them as a human being. As if they sit with the poor and destitute on a daily or weekly basis and treat them with empathy or even respect. Yet they know the story of every single homeless person. They know how it began, how it's going, and how it's going to end. I've had family members tell me that these homeless people had, quote-unquote, the same opportunity as them or their parents and that there's no excuse for their situation. Of course, there's some truth to this. There are people that are homeless because of their actions and are destitute because of past previous actions. But when did the Most High tell us to play his role, to play God? To give a value on the next man or woman that we don't know. When did the Most High tell us that? When I've had these conversations, it was quite disappointing. Because you want so badly for people to see others, people's pain and situations at the very least be open to learning. I've had family members who said that they're no longer going to help out poor people because one bad situation with one. Where the person either used the money for alcohol or used it on cigarettes and they chose that every single homeless person from that day on was just like them and that none of them deserves any of their respect or money or help because they're all the same, right? Yet when a poor or destitute person speaks up for help, we get mad at them trying to get help. We blame it on them. But these same people blaming it on the poor and the destitute will be at your local Black Lives Matter marching, saying that they're oppressed, claiming that they're victims, claiming that one race 
historically white people is the 100% culprit for racism in America. The reason why the Israelites and the 12 tribes are under captivity, under bondage. It's because of everybody else, right? Not because of our actions. Our inability to listen to the Most High. So you see how that contradicts that mindset of boxing the poor and the destitute into one box and claiming that, oh, it's it's their fault. This is all their fault. They're all the same. But then you play victim without holding yourself accountable in any type of way. But all of a sudden, a lot of our brothers and sisters are the victims of Racial inequality. When the Most High never even dealt with race, he dealt with nations. See, I'm at a point where I'm convinced a good 89, 80 to 90% of people who say that they're good people, that they're living a good life, an innocent life, or believe in God, quote unquote, or a higher power, quote unquote, whatever they want to call it, call it God, the almighty, the higher power, whatever they like to call it and label it. Or even if they're into idolatry of the church and Jesus and all these fake gods, these people, 80 to 90% of them don't even read the word. They don't even know. They couldn't even recite for you the basic 10 commandments of Exodus chapter 20. They don't even know them. They'll be the first ones that get upset when you when you correct them with scripture and then try to backpedal out of that situation, claiming it's not that serious. It's not that big of a deal. Yet they always got a defense and they've always got the answers to everything, but they don't got the scripture. They don't got the light. They don't got the wisdom. They don't got the law, statutes, and commandments. They don't have the knowledge and understanding to tie everything together. I can speak openly on this mindset because I used to, I too used to hold similar thoughts and preconceived notions because I was once brainwashed just like my entire family, just like my friends, just like acquaintances, just like colleagues. of the past and present. I'm the only one who's striving to walk with the Most High in my family. I'm the only one who's reading the Torah and not only reading the Torah, but studying the Torah. I'm the only one striving to follow in the laws, statutes and commandments of the Most High along with honoring his Sabbaths. And I know many of you listening, this hits home for you because a lot of us have to come to peace with understanding that the ones around us, the ones that we may love, our family, our circle, this may not be for them. And the Most High may not have set them aside as a remnant. But all we can do is lead by example and be a beacon of light as the Most High has instructed us.
to warn the wicked of their wicked ways so that they don't die in their iniquities. That says Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 8 through 9. It's, it's very disheartening trying to explain to people around you on a, a, that it's your duty, our duty, to the poor and the destitute and to use empathy when dealing with them. Only to see your message quickly dismissed, quickly ignored, even challenged, in most cases vehemently. It's very rare that you'll have multiple people in one family walking on the narrow path of the righteous and walking with the Most High. Bless the families that are, and may the Most High have mercy upon the families that are not. May that person in that family be blessed with wisdom, knowledge, and understanding so that they can share it with their family, so that they can be a beacon of light, so that they can help wake up at least one person in their family, or two, or three, or better yet, all of them, before it's too late. See, I have big aspirations. And one thing that I've known on this journey is that you got to pray for him and you got to ask the Most High. Of course, you have to live righteously, but you have to ask the Most High when you are living righteously. Where do you see yourself? What do you want from the Most High? Because remember what I mentioned, when you live on this path, there's very few things that you want outside of just shelter, good food, clean water, clean air, the ability to travel and see the Most High's canvas, see his nature, the ability for good health and safety, along with wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. You really don't need much. All of the materialism goes out the door. Especially when you know that the dollar is meaningless and it's collapsing. We're going to be just like Venezuela, where money is going to be thrown out in the streets and people are going to walk over it when it's, when it's worth nothing. People are going to be blowing their nose into it, using it for, for campfire. It's quickly going to happen, brothers and sisters. See, when you ask the Most High, He will bless you when you're living righteously. And I speak to the Most High multiple times a day. And I just pray for the mercy of my family. And I pray for the mercy of myself. And I pray for the protection. And pray for more time. You know, when you get into this and you get excited, it's like you almost hold a grudge against people who are living wickedly, but you can't. Unless it's the elite, of course. But everyday people, you got to have even empathy towards them for they do not know. The Most High says that his people die for lack of knowledge. According to Hosea chapter 4 verse 6. It's right there in the book. So you, you become more empathetic even with your family. Because you know that this information, they need it. So you just want the best for them. And I pray... And I ask for the Most High to give me a large family 
so that I can be fruitful and multiply. That I can have multiple children. That I can be able to provide for my children and my wives and have land and live righteously and no one in my family has to work. That I'm the only one who works outside of my boys who grow old enough to do it before they become men. Where my family can truly live a righteous and virtuous and peaceful life. Where I can have 10 to 15 plus kids and grow old and be able to see their kids and their kids' kids and see the creation of the Most High where there aren't any poor or any destitute or any impoverished. Where we can barter food, water, our skills, not have anyone trying to govern your actions, especially in a work setting, trying to tell you how to live, to live by these wicked laws of the land, where the only laws you, you live by are the laws of the Most High. That's my vision, and I will have it. And I want that for every single person who, who, who wants to live in the creation of the Most High. We are in a pivotal time in the world. And the prophecies are continually unfolding right before our eyes. The choice is yours on whether you want to live righteously and fight for the creation of the Most High. According to the Bloomberg City Lab article entitled City Lab University, Understanding Homelessness in America, written by Benjamin Schneider on July 6, 2020. The homeless population is extremely difficult to measure since homelessness takes on so many different forms. The most widely used measure is HUD's point of time count, which identified 567,715 homeless people on a single night in January 2019. About 63% of individuals counted were sheltered and 37% were unsheltered. So nomads going from location to location or just living on the street, no matter whether they were in shelters, home shelters, or moving around the streets. There are many indications that the actual number of homeless people is much higher. I mean, with 370 million plus people, that's pretty pretty obvious to anyone. The National Coalition for the Homeless points out that the point in time count, PIT, largely misses recently homeless individuals staying in supportive housing, which is paid for with federal and local homelessness funds. 
In 2017, this population added up to 503,473 living in supportive housing, pushing the total number of homeless people in the United States above 1 million. The fact that the point in time count always takes place in January is also thought to depress the results and affect the results as people exhaust their resources and connections to find shelter during the coldest time of the year. So from pretty much October through March, essentially, depending on how cold or what state you live in, people are literally working their tails off to not have to be in the cold. So those numbers are going to deflate. They're going to be altered. Additionally, the point in time count doesn't account for people who are precariously housed. People who are shuffling among friends or relatives or sleeping in cars or on the streets when goodwill dries up. You know, when they say, hey, yeah, you can, you can crash. You can crash there for a week. You know, quickly a week goes to somebody who doesn't have opportunity, who fell on bad, tarm, on t- bad times. When the Chicago Council on Homelessness counted families that were doubled up in individual housing units, they found that more than 80,000 people were homeless in the city at some point in 2015. In contrast to that year's point in time count of less than 6,000. The U.S. Department of Education, which uses a more expansive definition of homelessness, estimates that more than 1.5 million public school students experienced homelessness during 2017 through 2018 school year. In this wider universe of homelessness, Homeless individuals, few people interact with the homelessness service ecosystem. I'm sure it's not a nice ecosystem. I mean, look what they do to orphans. I don't imagine it being any better. I mean, anything controlled by the wicked is wicked. California is in many as- in many respects a world unto itself when it comes to homelessness. Of the state's 150,000 or so homeless people, more than two-thirds are unsheltered, accounting for nearly half of the nation's unsheltered homeless population in 2016, or counting for half of the nation's unsheltered homeless population. In 2016, California hosted 40% of the nation's homeless encampments and in 2019 the state was home to 40% of the nation's chronically homeless population people who have been homeless for at least 12 months and can be diagnosed with a, with a substance abuse disorder a mental illness or a physical or developmental disability Imagine being on the streets for 12 months or more. About one quarter of the nation's unhoused population are thought to be chronically homeless. I remember back in 
2018, 2019, I had the pleasure of visiting California, all parts of California, LA. I was in Orange County. I was in all different parts and I saw so much homelessness that I didn't want to go back as much as I love that surrounding town. And that was back a couple years ago and I can't even imagine how it is now. According to the Los Angeles Times article entitled Mass Unemployment Over Coronavirus Could Lead to 45% Jump in Homelessness Written by Benjamin Oriskes on May 14th, 2020 With the pandemic-induced shock to the economy crippling businesses of all sizes and leaving millions of Americans out of work, homelessness in the United States could grow as much as 45% in a year, according to a new analysis conducted by Columbia University professor. So when you look at the numbers, according to the article, that would mean an additional 250,000 or so people would be without permanent shelter compared to 568,000 who were homeless in Jan- as of January 2019, according to government data. And remember what we mentioned earlier is that many analysts believe that we weren't even gathering all the total number amount of homeless people due to these various situations and the fact that studies are done in january during the coldest months when people usually work to make sure that they do their best at least to make sure that they have a way so we know that those numbers are much higher According to the article california is likely to see a smaller increase in homelessness than the national overall up 20% from about 150 to 180,000 people. I mean, think about 180,000 people homeless just in one state. People might argue, oh, California is massive. Sure, it's a massive state, but 180,000 people is a lot of people. The analysis relies on a largely constant rise in unemployment across the United States, which we know, brothers and sisters, is only going to increase. The most high's judgments are upon us. He's in control of both the righteous and the wicked. And the wicked right now are crashing the United Snakes of America's economy, as well as the world economies, 
it's going to bring everything to a crashing halt. You know, what they're going to do now is they're going to continue to give you more episodes of this pandemic entertainment. More little spin-offs and narratives. You know, they got your fearless private grabbing president and Trump apparently catching this fake virus. And you know what's very interesting about this that I've started to notice is that you'll see people claim that, you know, Trump catching it is a hoax, but the virus is not a hoax. People are so deeply ingrained into idolatry that they will go out and say that this man was faking having the coronavirus so that he can get out of his debates or so that he could buy time or wiggle his way back into the White House. But they won't call the virus a hoax. They'll call what he's doing a hoax. You see the level of mockery going on? So we know already, brothers and sisters, if you're of the Most High, you already know what's to come. You've already been getting closer to the Most High during these during this year and even before. You've already been getting going with the Law, Statutes, and Commandments. You've already been doing your best to keep the Sabbath holy. You've already been stocking up on food, on water, on, on self-defense. But you know deep down that there's nothing to fear as long as you live righteously. That you just got to be aware and you got to network with the right people and you got to share information and get the word out there. You can't just be a library full of books and not sharing your wisdom with the masses and warning people. Otherwise, the Most High will destroy you. According to the article, states with fewer homeless people are likely to see bigger percentage increases than California which is already home to a quarter of the nation's homeless population. So, I mean, people might be like, oh, California is only going to jump 20%, but they're already at 150,000. Imagine a state, you know, let's say here in the Midwest, for instance, Minnesota, I'm not even sure what our homeless population is, but let's give it a flat number of 10,000. Let's say that increases, you know, 50% instead of California's 20%. Then you're doubling that all within a few months. And then you know even more businesses are going to shut down. I can walk down the street and see all of these businesses boarded up. All of them, multiple, just boarded up, never came back from that fake psyop of George Floyd, that, that fake situation. To get to usher in Black Lives Matter once again at the right time to get people's tensions back on Black Lives Matter and protesting and getting into their emotions. My city, I already know, will never be the same. And really, it's not even my city. It's just a place where I live. I don't, I don't, I don't even want to say that this is my I don't want to claim this. I don't want to claim anything that's not of the most highest creation. I just happen to have been born in Minnesota, grew up here my whole life love the seasons, enjoy where I stay, it's relatively quiet, 
but it's not mine. Mine will be in the new land that the Most High gives to his saints. Therefore, I have no feelings of sadness or guilt over what has happened to the city. It's all prophecy. The only thing that's upsetting is that the poor and the destitute are always in the middle of everything. People rally to go rebuild businesses so that they can go back to their favorite tattoo parlor or place to eat or place to get drinks at and get drunk then rally about the poor that they see in the street corners. You see where people's hearts and priorities are? They're self-serving. They're narcissistic. Therefore, it's got to go. So the only thing that I feel for are the poor and the destitute and the righteous men and women who are working tirelessly trying to wake others up because it gets tiring. But you got to keep doing it. The Most High will always be your strength. According to the World Population Review, a data article entitled Homeless Population by the State. Overall, 66.7% of the total homeless population in the United States is single individuals, with the remaining 33.3% being families. All those numbers will increase, especially on the family side. Trust me, those numbers are about to skyrocket. In recent years, homelessness increased nationally by almost 1%. This number is comprised of unaccompanied children and young adults, single adults experiencing chronic homelessness, and people experiencing unsheltered homelessness. And I can see that nationwide number. Let's let's say, honestly, I don't even see things lasting for six months. Especially small business. It's done. Everything's done in America, man. They're already willing to give you a vaccine by the end of this month here in October. They say they, what, got 100 to 200 million doses? Well, you already know what that means. They almost got 40% of the, almost half the population. That's what they're estimating that they can get doses out to. And then not to mention that the economies are literally crashing as we speak. So these same idolaters, these same arrogant individuals... These same people that look down upon the poor and the destitute are going to be poor and destitute. Plain and simple. The vast majority of them are going to. How many people are going to have skills? I'm not talking about a job or a career, but I'm talking about skills 
that will keep them alive in the next world? How many people are going to refuse the vaccine so that it doesn't change their DNA and make them unclean in the eyes of the Most High? How many people are truly going to go through with that so that they don't have access to grocery stores, so that they don't have access to traveling, so that they don't have access to the cryptocurrency system that they're about to unleash on us, this mark of the beast, this new world order? How many people are going to willingly fight for the righteousness of the Most High and stand on the two feet rather than die like a coward on their knees, accepting whatever's thrown at them because they have no idea of life? These same arrogant individuals who talk down on the homeless, call them bums, lazy, unskilled, losers, are going to be in that same position. You see, the Most High doesn't make any mistakes. And when I said he knows everybody's actions, trust me, he knows. And it's wise to be very careful how you treat other people. The 10 states with the most homeless people. According to the same article, California comes in at number one with 151,278. New York comes in at number two with 92,091. Florida comes in at 28,328. And Texas comes in at 25,848. And Washington comes in at 21,577. Think about these five, top five. Almost 350,000 homeless people made between just the top five. And the correlation with the top five is that the most psyops happen in these states. I mean, you got California with these with these man-made wildfires. Trying to get people off their land. So that you can push them into the cities. So you can make them poor and destitute. Talking about New York. With the fake 9-11. And the fake bombings all over New York, all of these psyops. Florida. I mean, you could go you could go forever about Florida, how many psyops happen in Florida. Mass shootings at churches, all this wickedness that they just make up. Texas, oh, come on now. Should be pretty obvious. Washington, another obvious one. Of course, the top psyop locations are gonna come in the top five with the homeless people. Because these are the states that they want you homeless in. They want more destitute in there. They want more division. They want more confusion. They don't want the people armed and ready and re and especially armed in the righteousness of the Most High. Number six is Massachusetts at eight, 18,471. Oregon coming in at number seven with 15,876. Pennsylvania coming in at 13,199. Georgia coming in at 10,443. 
and Ohio coming in at 10,345. We've only hit 10 states, brothers and sisters. Look at those numbers. People are going to be like, oh, well, that's not that many people in California. If you look at the size and the population, give me a break. You people are uncomfortable seeing even one homeless person on the side of the street. Or you got to walk zigzag or walk across the street on purpose. Tell me, you, tell me you'd be comfortable with 100 homeless people around you on the same corner. Yeah, okay. Brothers and sisters, we have a duty. Of course, you take care of yours, yourself, and you first before you can take care of anyone else. But if you have the means, you have to take care of the the poor and the destitute when you have the opportunity because the Most High will bless you. You are doing the righteous work of the Most High. The Most High will notice every single little deed that you do, big and small especially when it comes from a place of not wanting anything out of it. You just see the, what another person's going through and you don't judge them. You say God bless to them. You treat them with respect. You look them in the eyes. You have a conversation with them. You make them feel like a human being, like a child of the most high. The same respect that you want, regardless of who that person is. We all have a story to tell. Whatever happened to us viewing each other as human beings as brothers and sisters as neighbors as friends as acquaintances whatever happened to this camaraderie we don't have any because we're wicked and we idolize exodus chapter 22 verse 24 when you lend money to my people to the poor person who is with you. Do not act toward him as a creditor. Do not lay interest upon him. Interest. That is wicked in the eyes of the Most High. To be a creditor and treat somebody lesser than you. And then on top of the insult to injury, you lay interest on them. Look at how our country is made with interest. You got to have interest thrown on everything. Oh, only 2% interest, only 3, only 5, only 8, only 15, only 20. You see the wickedness in this system? In a in a country where in 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 a wicked world where the elites have a money tree where they can just go print and devalue the money. It just comes out of nowhere. They just print it overnight. And then on top of that, they borrow to you on your stolen land, the land that was stolen from you. And then they throw interest on top of it just so you can live in a little shack, a little small apartment, little 800 square foot, if not smaller. Go check out people in New York, see how they're living. Go check out people in California. Go see how they're living. The cost of living out there. And then they throw interest on top of that. Just to even get a house. See, people think they really made it because they have a house, but they don't even own the deed to the land. You miss a mortgage payment or two, tell me that you really own something. That's yours? Huh. The house is yours, huh? In Babylon. 
or that credit card interest or they love sending you credit cards. Oh, use this to pay off this and get and get into that spiral down system instead of helping that poor per, that poor person out or that person in the unfortunate situation. They create even a deeper rut for you. Exodus chapter 23 verse 6. Do not pervert the judgment of your destitute person in his grievance. Plain and simple, do not take advantage of someone who doesn't have access to the necessities in life. It happens all the time. Where the wicked hold out a false opportunity. They put a spin on something somebody who is in a tough spot in a rut only to take advantage of that person or hold it over their head for the for the rest of that person's life oh remember how i helped you out remember what i did for you call them out in front of other people in front of their family in front of their wife in front of their children in front of their friends in front of their people are wicked man Exodus chapter 23, verse 11. And in the seventh, you shall leave it unattended and harvested. I'm going to read chapter, I'm going to read verse 10 first. Six years shall you sow your land and gather in its produce. Verse 11. And in the seventh, you shall leave it unattended and unharvested. And the destitute of your people shall eat. And the wildlife of the field shall eat what is left. So shall you do to your vineyard and your olive grove. You see how the Most High had it set up? Where we already had our own lands and we had our own way of getting food. But he even knew that there'd still be poor and destitute. And that in your seventh year of harvesting, you were to keep that for the poor and the destitute and for wildlife. It's not yours to take because he already knew you would be bountiful. You'd have more than enough to barter and share and feed your family with. That anything extra went to the destitute, went to the poor so that they weren't suffering like they are today. Do you see that anymore? especially in, in wide margins, do you see that anymore? Do people look out for each other anymore? Or is it a constant competition? Keeping up with the Joneses. Living life through your social media and trying to flex quote unquote on people. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 9 through 10. When you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not complete your reaping to the corner of your field. And the gleanings of your harvest you shall not take. Verse 10. 
you shall not pick the underdeveloped twigs of your vineyard and the fallen fruit of your vineyard you shall not gather. For the poor and the proselyte shall you leave them. I am the Most High, your God. Most High is always looking out for his creation and he wants us to be empathetic and to love our neighbor, to love the next person, to give when we can give, to give what we can give. Leviticus chapter 23, verse 22. When you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not remove completely the corners of your field as you reap, and you shall not gather the gleanings of your harvest. For the poor and the proselyte shall you leave them. I am the Most High, your God. So yet again, the Most High mentions this, repeats himself, and states the importance of leaving whatever we had left over to the poor and the needy so that they could eat, so that they have something. People are so gluttonous and so fat. Look at America. Look, look, look at the greed of America. You can't even hide it. It's on people's bodies. It's on their faces. People are so gluttonous. Only worrying about themselves in every aspect. Feeding themselves. Overeating. Overdrinking. Overindulging in anything that pleasures them. Or pleases their flesh. But then if you try to get anything out of them. Or try to remind them of helping anybody else. It goes back to the, the fake guise of capitalism. Or socialism. Or whatever they want to call any ism. I don't know these things. These things are not real. People really think that they have a, a vote and their vote matters. <laughs> like that's the stupidity of people in the in the in the idolatry. And we can be in a country that's so overweight and so obese and yet still have these many homeless people. How do you think that makes the most hot feel towards us? Do you think he wants to be merciful on us? Leviticus chapter 25, verse 35. If your brother becomes impoverished and his means falter in your proximity, you shall strengthen him proselyte or residence so that he can live with you. I'll even read verse 36. Do not take from him interest and increase and you shall fear your God. And let your brother live with you. 
this is a way that we prevented poverty to our own flesh and blood and to those that were within our tribe or not within our tribe. It was our duty to prevent them from going impoverished, for, for prevent them from becoming poor and destitute. Thus says the Most High. It was a community. Everybody depended on each other. Everybody could count on each other because there was righteousness. Do you see that nowadays? Do you see that nowadays? Somebody could be on high, a hard time and they'll be like, yeah, yeah, come live with me. But you got to pay this and this. Literally, when you know that person can't even afford that. Or you write an IOU. Or you put in, or you borrow to them, but you put crazy interest on it and crazy expectations so that you know you can profit off their suffering, off their situation, and then act like you are some cape crusader, good-hearted person helping that person out. When deep down, you know what you're doing is wicked and you don't care. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 17 through 18. For the Most High, your God, He is the God of the powers and the Lord of the Lords, the great, mighty, and awesome God, who does not show favor and who does not accept a bribe. Verse 18. He carries out the judgment of orphan and widow and loves a proselyte to give him bread and garment. When you are put into a position by the Most High to have abundance, to have your needs met, your family's needs met, it's your duty to help out the poor and the destitute, the orphan, the proselyte, anyone that you can help out. It's literally written in scripture that it's your duty. Thus says the Most High. But then you get that classic phrase, that's not my responsibility. It's not my fault they're in that situation. Well, you are adding to that situation by thinking that way. So in, in, in layman's terms, it, it sort of is your fault, actually. When you have a duty and you don't do anything about it, you're not practicing righteous judgments. So you, yeah, you do have a hand to play in everything that you turn a blind eye to. Wake up. Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 7 through 11. If there shall be a destitute person among you, any of your brethren in any of your cities, in your land that the Most High, your God, gives you, you shall not harden your heart or close your hand against your destitute brother. 
Verse 8. Rather, you shall open your hand to him. You shall lend him his requirements, whatever is lacking to him. Verse 9. Beware, lest there be a lawless thought in your heart saying, The seventh year approaches, the remission year. And you will look malevolently upon your destitute brother and refuse to give to him. Then he may appeal against you to the Most High. And it will be a sin upon you. Verse 10. You shall surely give him and let your heart not feel bad when you give him. For in return for this matter, the Most High, your God, will bless you in all your deeds and your every undertaking. Verse 11. For destitute people will not cease to exist within the land. Therefore I command you, saying, You shall surely open your hand to your brother, to your poor, and to your destitute in your land. The Most High clearly outlines what he wants from his saints, his righteous saints, and how we are to treat the poor and the destitute, how we're supposed to help them, what level we're supposed to help them at, how we're supposed to be warm-hearted towards them, not to look down at them, not to get upset when we do give, not to hold a grudge, but also give warm-heartedly by putting yourself in their shoes. First Samuel chapter two, verse seven through eight. The most high impoverishes and makes rich. He humbles and he elevates. Verse eight. He raises the needy from the dirt, from the trash heaps. He lifts the destitute to seat them with nobles and to endow them with the seat of honor. Many people will hear that and say, how, how has God helped them? What has he done to help them? Must I remind you that you must look at the days of old and we must mimic the days of old? So until the righteous people that have the means to give th truly give back and live out the creation of the most high you're not going to see it as often it happens it does happen in many cases but your eyes are not open to it because you're too busy blaming other people for their situations when the most high is in control of the poor and the rich 
He impoverishes and makes rich, just like he said. There's always a reason. And we oftentimes cannot fathom even half of what his reasonings are. We just have to love and honor the Most High and accept what he wants from us without question. Many people cannot do that. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 17. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Vindicate the victim. Render justice to the orphan. Take up the grievance of the widow. Most high outlines are right there. First and foremost, you must strive to do good. And once you strive to live, do good and live righteously, it's pretty obvious of when things are wrong, when justice needs to be, when, when justice needs to be included or used to vindicate a true victim, someone who truly is a victim and has no voice. Because there's many voiceless people out there that have lost hope, that have lost their way that you could change their life just by an act of kindness, just by mentioning the Most High, just by saying God is real and that He's with them, to stay up, to stick with it. Isaiah chapter 10, verse 1 through 3. Woe to those who inscribe inscriptions of falsehood and who write fraudulent documents. Verse 2. To deprive the destitute of justice and to rob the justice of the poor of my people so that the widows be their spoil and they plunder orphans. Verse 3. What will you do about the day of retribution? About catastrophe that comes from afar? To whom? Will you run for help? Where will you leave your wealth? Woe to those who create deceit and lies and terrorize and take advantage. Woe to those who deprive the destitute of justice and rob the justice of the poor. The day of retribution will be upon us, which begins in 2020, brothers and sisters. It's begun even before this year because a lot of wicked people have been falling left and right the last few years and being the truth coming to light. But it's becoming more and more apparent because the Most High is crashing the world economy so that he sits everybody down and forces us to get right. America is being judged. Wake up. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 17. The poor and the destitute beg for water, but there is none. Their tongue withers from thirst. I, the Most High, will answer them, the God of Israel. 
I will not forsake them. The Most High at the end of the day will tend to the poor and the destitute. The righteous will tend to the poor and the destitute through the commands of the Most High. Though the masses don't believe this, the Most High uses his saints as his workers to help these people out. Things will get better, brothers and sisters. We will begin to see the wicked fall. And the poor and the destitute and the righteous rise up together as one. Isaiah chapter 58, verse 6 through 7. Surely, this is the fast I choose to break open the shackles of wickedness, to undo the bounds of justice, and to let the oppressed go free, and annul all perversion. Verse 7 Surely you should break your bread for the hungry. And bring the moaning poor to your home when you see a naked person. Clothe him. And do not hide yourself from your kin. Simply put, by partaking in good deeds, we strengthen our bond to the Most High and His creation. Plain and simple. Isaiah chapter 58, verse 10. And offer your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul. Then your light will shine even in the darkness and your deepest gloom will be like the noon. Your deeds to the poor and the destitute will ultimately affect your life in positive ways that you cannot imagine. When you are at your lowest, the Most High will make you a beacon of light. He will rise you up because you gave your soul and you gave humanity to those in need. You showed true kindness from your heart, from your mind, from your spirit, from your soul, from your depths. The Most High does not ignore that. Isaiah chapter 61 verse 1. The Spirit of my Lord, the Most High, is upon me. Because the Most High has anointed me to bring tidings to the humbled. He has set me to bind up the brokenhearted. To proclaim freedom for captives and release from bondage for the imprisoned. The Most High sends his saints to do his righteous work. If you're called to this work, you can't ignore the call. You gotta raise up and go. The saints are to do his righteous work, to have people learn wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. The Most High sends his saints to show the populace what life is truly about, brothers and sisters. 
it's not what we're currently living in i'll tell you that much and deep down the vast majority know that why do you think he says that there's no peace for the wicked that there's always calamities for the wicked no matter what no matter how much money they get and accumulate there's no peace for the wicked so this system is meant to be destroyed it's meant to collapse on itself from the bottom up to the top down Jeremiah chapter 22 verse 16 if one does justice to the poor and the destitute then it is good is this not knowing me the word of the most high doing justice to the poor and destitute is good in the eyes of the most high the Most High loves when His righteous saints help out the poor and destitute in any way we can. It doesn't always have to be financially if you don't have the means. You've got to take care of your family and yourself first, of course. But the Most High sends His saints in different ways. It could be just a message that you give to somebody. It could be putting somebody into the truth. It could be inspiration. It could be motivation. It could be treating them with respect, treating them with humanity, looking them in the eyes when you speak to them. It's taking your time out of your day to talk with them like you're not better than them. You can level with them. These things matter. People are people at the end of the day. No matter what their financial situation is. These are people. Living, breathing people who were made for a reason. Ezekiel. Chapter 16, verse 49 through 50. Behold, this was a sin of Sodom. Your sister, she and her daughters had pride. Surfeit of bread and peaceful serenity. But she did not strengthen the hand of the poor and the needy. Verse 50. And they were haughty, and they committed an abomination before me. So I removed them in accordance with what I saw. Like many of us know, modern-day Babylon is described as Sodom and Gomorrah. And right there in those scripts, it's explaining what the, one of the reasons why the Most High truly hated Sodom and destroyed it. was how people treated the poor and the needy, how they ignored them, didn't treat them with any humanity outside of all the other abominations going on in the city. That was another reason what made the Most High so upset is that people were living comfortably, yet they were not helping. Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 29. people of the land have perpetrated oppression and robbed loot. They have wronged the poor and the needy and oppressed the stranger without justice. The sins of the land. The people of those days failed to uphold the righteousness of the Most High. They looted, robbed, stole, and mishandled the poor and destitute. Tell me, brothers and sisters, how is anything different today? 
How? What is different? What is so different about how we are today than back in the days of the old? Psalms chapter 9 verse 18. The wicked will return to the depths of the grave. All the nations that forgot God. Plain and simple, the wicked will perish. We are seeing this today. Look at 2020, the unveiling of truce. Look at all the wickedness coming out. Look at all the stuff happening all around us. Psalms chapter 12, verse 5. Those who have said, Because of our tongues, we shall prevail. Our lips are with us. Who is master over us? Let's read verse 6. Because of the plundering of the poor, because of the cry of the needy, now I will arise. The Most High will say, I will grant safety. He will, resp- he will speak regarding him. The wicked are arrogant and believe that the Most High isn't watching. They truly believe that there is no justice administered by the Most High and his righteous saints. Especially when it comes to the, the, the poor and the destitute and the weak and the needy. The ones left behind by the masses. The ones mocked and forgotten. Psalms chapter 14 verse 6. You shame the poor man's counsel. That the Most High is his refuge. The entire world has gone astray. I mean, look at today's world. I mean, look at the abominations that are accepted. Look at the state of this world. Look where it's going. We already know what's going to happen to the wicked. However, those who seek the righteousness of the Most High will be lifted up. Many poor and destitute love the Most High and haven't given up hope. We will all come together, brothers and sisters, very soon. Psalms chapter 37, verse 16. Let's read verse 14 through verse 16. The wicked drew a sword and bent their bows to bring down the poor and the destitute, to slaughter those of upright ways. Verse 15. Their sword will pierce their own heart and their bows will be broken. Verse 16. Better is the little of the righteous than the great multitude of the wicked. The Most High told you right there in the book, flat out that the wicked have drawn their sword and bent their bows 
and they're aiming it at the poor and the destitute. So why do you think we have such crazy homeless numbers? Why do you think the cost of rent is just outrageous? Why do you think inflation's outrageous? Why do you think it's near impossible raising a family on one on one income? When you got to have the mom go out into the world. Granted, we're not going to get into this whole feminism thing. I'm talking about the wickedness that we are encountered where you can't live off one salary, one income and have both man and woman doing their actual real roles. Our oppressors mock us and they control us and they are out to kill us. I mean, why do you think the wealthy are this wicked and stop at nothing? Polluting your air, polluting your water, giving you GMO foods, giving you vaccines full of aborted fetal tissue and MSG and pork all to make your DNA and make your body unclean. The Most High says it is better to have little and to live righteously than to have an extreme wealth and live wickedly. There's no peace for the wicked, thus says the Most High. You can't buy peace of mind. Peace of mind only comes from the Most High. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care how much money you have or how much status you have or what you own. If you do not walk with the Most High, you do not love yourself. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 28 will explain the calamities that are upon you. You don't have peace. You don't have direction. You don't have light. You don't have spirit. You don't have anything. Everything that you have can and will be taken away from you. But peace of mind and protection of the Most High can't put a price on it. You can't put a price on it. It's not easily obtainable unless you walk righteously. There's no other way to get it. You can't barter for it. You can't find it. It's not going to just fall into your lap. It takes work, consistent work and circumcising of your heart and loving and honoring and respecting and exalting the Most High and living fearless and vindicating the poor, the needy, the destitute and serving righteous judgments to those who do not have a voice, speaking up, not being cowardly. Psalms chapter 41, verse 2 through 3. Praiseworthy is he who contemplates the needy. On the day of evil, the Most High will deliver him. Verse 3. The Most High will preserve him and restore him to life. And he will be happy on earth. And you will not give him over to the desire of his foes. Praiseworthy is one who contemplates the needy, thus says the Most High, who will keep you safe during his current judgments. That's why brothers and sisters in the truth tell you not to worry. There's nothing to worry about. Yeah, you might be thinking about your family and be you know, worried in that aspect, but just pray that the Most High is merciful upon them. Pray that the Most High gives us enough time to wake up those around us. Pray that they can be added to that remnant. But don't sit there stressed out up to your neck worried about what's going to happen during these judgments just just walk with the most high 
prepare, do what you can, but walk with the most high and help everybody out that you can. Get this information out there. Prepare. The most high will preserve those who are righteous and love the needy and help the destitute. He'll preserve you. He'll make sure that you are good in his eyes. Psalms 82, verse 3 through 4. Dispense justice for the needy and the orphan. Vindicate the poor and impoverished. Verse 4. Rescue the needy and destitute and deliver them from the hand of the wicked. It is our duty to look out for the destitute, the needy, and the poor. Thus says the Most High, plain and simple. It is our duty. Look at how our ancestors of the old times would all look out for each other, would make sure that nobody fell in hard times permanently, would not lend to them with interest, would not look down upon them as, a, as if they were a creditor, not take advantage of them. There's a reason why the Most High made his creation in a specific way, because he knew how to, we would govern ourselves without his, without his ways. He knew what's in our heart. He knew where we would falter. Psalms chapter 140, verse 12 through 14. Let not the slanderous man be established on earth. The evil man of violence may hunt him until he is overthrown. Verse 13. I know that the Most High will champion the cause of the poor, the rights of those who are destitute. Verse 14. Only the righteous will give thanks to your name. The upright will dwell in your presence. The wickedness of those that are evil will not remain on this earth. It's being eradicated as we speak. The Most High will champion the poor and the rights of the destitute. Only the righteous will give thanks in the name of the Most High. The wicked will perish, for they've chosen a different path than the righteous saints of the Most High. They've chosen death over life. They've chosen the ways of this wicked world and a quick gain versus eternal salvation versus true peace of mind and peace and prosperity with the Most High. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 20. A poor person will be hated even by his companion, but the lovers of the rich will be many. Think about that. Poor people will be hated by the masses, while the rich will be admired, idolized, and loved by the masses. If that was occurring in the times of old, tell me how that's not accurate to today, where people literally have the mentality that someone is beneath them and would even in their mind, if they could get away with it, spit on that person. But the minute they see the rich, they idolize, they love them, they admire, they listen to anything that they tell them. A rich person 
could literally tell you the biggest lie to your face and you know that it's a lie, but you're going to eat it up because that's how deep your idolization of them is, of their money, of their wealth, of their popularity, of their esteem. That's how sickening you are. That's how sick in the mind you are. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 31. One who robs a poor man disgraces his maker. But he who is gracious to the destitute honors him. You are a true disgrace to the Most High if you cheat or rob from the poor. I mean, you are a true disgrace. Or even somebody who's who's destitute in a bad situation, on hard times. If you cheat them or rob from them, while you are honoring and you're an honor to the Most High if you're gracious to the poor and the destitute. When you can give back when you're able to. When you treat them with humanity. When you have a conversation with them. When you give them love. When you show them love. When you show them respect. When you look into the windows of their soul. The Most High. You honor the Most High. Think how you can change somebody's life just doing that. Let's be better. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 16. Better a little gained through fear of the Most High than of great treasure accompanied by turmoil. It is better to have what you need in life while living a righteous life in the eyes of the Most High than by living wickedly for large gain that only will bring you turmoil and grief and unhappiness and no peace. Why do you think the Most High created this money system? He wanted to see who was who to separate the wicked from the righteous. Proverbs, chapter 17, verse 5. One who mocks a pauper insists, insults his maker. One who rejoices in another's misfortune will not be exonerated. I mean, plain and simple. Like, if you are going to rejoice in the misfortune of others... You will find misfortune yourself. You're going to mock a very poor person. What do you think is going to happen? How do you think the Most High is going to view you? Proverbs chapter 19, verse 6. Many court the presence of a patron and all befriend a man with gifts.
And it's pretty simple. When you become known for being gracious and giving to the poor and the destitute, to the pauper, to the sick and the needy, even those with greatness seek your help. The more the aura that the Most High blesses you with is real. You become a magnet for people. They want to know who you are. They want to be a part of what you're doing. It's the truth. Those who are walking with the Most High know exactly what I'm talking about. You, you really just you can't really explain it. You just got to live it. It's an aura. That's the best way I can explain it. It's an aura. It's an energy that you are blessed with. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 17. One who is gracious to the poor has lent to the Most High, and he will pay him his reward. I mean, the Most High says if you help out the poor, you're gracious to them. He's going to return the favor. It's on the Most High's time, of course. So you don't do it with the idea of, oh, if I do this, the Most High is going to do this for me and get this done. You do it out of the goodness of your heart. And you'll see the Most High bless you in so many ways, man. It could just be a simple blessing, a peace of mind. It could just be out in nature and you just feel overwhelmed with happiness. Or it could be good health. Or it could be a new child, a healthy child. <laughs> or it could be one of your family members waking up. There's so many ways that the Most High will bless you with, brothers and sisters. You just got to live His works. And you'll begin to see your life evolve and him shape you like clay. If you just allow him to stop getting in the way. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 13. One who shuts his ear to the cry of the pauper, he too will call out and not be answered. Like I said, the Most High is watching how we treat the poor and the destitute. If you're going to continually ignore them, continually look away, don't expect the Most High to be there for you when you get laid off, when you lose your house, when you become a part of that 45% of expected homelessness. Don't even ask for anything. Just accept it. You reap what you sow. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 9. One with a good eye will be blessed, for he has given of his bread to the poor. Those with, the, with a heart towards the poor will be blessed. Thus says the Most High. Plain and simple, if you have empathy in your heart, it's hard for you to see this on a day-to-day -day basis. And yes, there's only so much you can do financially for a lot of people but there's other ways to give back we all have to get better at it i have to get better at it we have to do better but it starts with trying proverbs chapter 22 verse 16 he who oppresses a destitute to increase for himself or who makes gifts to the rich it is only for a loss Those that oppress the destitute and idolize the rich will see their own works go to waste in vain. Keep thinking that things are kosher out here, that America, that you should be building in Babylon, that it's time to build. 
time to start that business or blow up that business or get that new house or get that new fast car you'll you'll come to see especially when you're doing it at the expense of others you'll soon realize that the who's in charge and it's not man that you idolize it's not your idol jesus or any other fake gods that you idolize that's in charge it's the most high god of abraham isaac and jacob the only god proverbs chapter 22 verse 22 through 23 do not rob the destitute because he is destitute and do not oppress the poor man in the gate of judgment verse 23 for the most high will take up their grievance he will steal the soul of those who would steal from them i mean that's pretty straightforward do not mistreat the poor or destitute. Otherwise, the Most High will destroy you and you'll lose your soul. He'll steal your soul. I mean, just imagine that. I, I, I don't even want to get in the Most High's way. I'm even careful of any type of vow that I make. We, we know what Deuteronomy tells us about vows or vain oaths in Exodus 20. I mean, you, you got to be very careful with what you say and do and how you handle yourself and govern yourself. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 6. Better a poor man who walks in his innocence than a rich man who perverts his ways. It's plain and simple. You don't need an explanation there. And how many of you know who the righteous poor are? You don't care about them. The, ma- the vast majority of you don't care about them. You're too intertwined in these celebrities and these these athletes and these politicians to care about the people right outside your door you could care less you pretend like you you're voting for their right no you only care about yourself wait until you're in that position most high is about to destroy so many people man that's why i gotta get this word out there i want people to not be to learn the hard way Put your hand on the burning stove. You don't want to learn that way. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 27. One who gives to the pauper will not lack, but one who averts his eyes will suffer many curses. Plain and simple, your generosity towards the poor and the needy and the destitute is rewarded by the Most High. But greed is a curse in the eyes of the Most High, and you will be cursed. Most High's got a million ways to curse you, so don't ask how. Just watch it happen. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 7. A righteous person knows the oppression of the poor, but an evil person will not understand such knowledge. I mean, come on now. The righteous put themselves in the shoes of the poor while the wicked don't care about anyone but themselves. It's plain and simple. Plain and simple, brothers and sisters. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 13. The poor man and the broken man have had their fate ordained. 
but the Most High will enlighten the eyes of both. So these paths of each individual have been ordained by the Most High. However, the Most High will enlighten the eyes of both if they live righteously. Because everything that comes is because of the Most High. Proverbs chapter 31, verse 8 through 9. Open your mouth on behalf of the mute in the judgment of all confused children. Verse 9. Open your mouth, judge righteously, and obtain justice for the poor and destitute. The righteous speak up for those who do not have a voice. It is our duty to open our mouths and judge righteously and obtain justice for the poor and the destitute. Facts, plain and simple, straight up. Proverbs chapter 31, verse 20. She spreads out her palm to the poor and extends her hands to the destitute. Proverbs 31 is an amazing chapter on what a virtuous woman is. A virtuous woman is always willing to help assist the poor and the destitute. Plain and simple. She takes care of her own household. She's loyal and faithful to her family, her king, because she's a queen. But then she also is willing to assist the poor and the destitute. Tell me where that where these women are. Tell me where these righteous men are. Brothers and sisters, we have decisions to make. We have a lot to do. Like we've mentioned, like I've mentioned, like I've learned from many, many, many brothers and sisters in the truth, many, many mentors on this narrow path of the righteous. This is not a time to be calm or relaxing. This is not a time to be having fun or goofing around or sitting back and laughing taking things lightheartedly, trying to build. Time is of the essence, and we must not forget that the poor and destitute need this information just as anyone who has access to any type of means, whether middle class, upper class, rich, whatever it is. The poor and the destitute are children of the Most High, the vast majority of them. They need assistance they need to be treated with humanity, with respect, with empathy, with love, with care, with kindness. Let's do better. Let's get ready for the world to come. Let's live righteously in the eyes of the Most High. Let's honor and exalt Him in His ways and follow them and not question them and not add or subtract from them. Let's be about it. A warning to the wicked. May the Most High bring calamities, strife, and iniquities upon you. To those who curse me, my family, and are aiming to retaliate against me for exposing them. 
to those who hate the Most High and his saints along with his creation. To those who trick or mock the Most High saints. To those who want to see me lose my career. My livelihood. My health. My finances. Or even my life. May the Most High do unto you tenfold. May the Most High put a curse upon you and eradicate you and your entire family, seed, and lineage. May you no longer inhabit the earth. For the Most High speaks through me. I'm here to do his righteous work. Therefore, I will send a curse upon those who wish for my downfall. Peace and blessings to all of the righteous saints of the Most High. Peace and blessings to all of those who have been on their own narrow path of the righteous with the Most High. And to those who are beginning on their own narrow path of the righteous with the Most High. May the Most High continue to bless you, protect you, guide you, and provide you with wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. May your life be fulfilled. And may you have peace of mind all of your days. Along with your family lineage. All praises to the Most High. And the Most High only. Shalom.